The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the new Nasty Boys. I'm your co-host this morning, evening, afternoon, or whenever the fuck you want to listen to this goddamn bullshit. And sitting next to me is... Not Lee Kimbrell. Not Lee. Who do we got? My name's Danny Samet. Ooh, Danny's in the house. So where where do we know you from? Uh, you know me. Where don't you know me from? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean we've been friends for a couple years now. But uh, yeah, I used to have a podcast called Neighborhood Play, mm-hmm. uh, and then I used to do baseball stuff until baseball stopped existing. Um, I mostly work in music, but that doesn't exist anymore either. So I'm no. kind of just a transient right now <laughs> You're with just no here. purpose. I'm interning for Charles Booker's Senate campaign, so that's fun. But Kind of living a purposeless life right now. But, uh, yeah, so I was supposed to work for USA Baseball this summer. Uh, I was supposed to be on tour in the fall and before this. But nothing exists anymore. We live in a fairy tale. No, nothing. Except a very bleak one. It's a really bleak. We're, we're it's like th- Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this is a simulation and we're in the worst timeline. Yes. That's really what it is. I mean, we're obviously in a simulation. Like, we knew that much. But, like, I think that this is that. Th- it's like an out-of-the-park baseball or any it's like any franchise mode where mm-hmm. you like are too stoned and you like miss a deadline and then all of a sudden hunter green is a free agent and on the milwaukee brewers oh just like, like that's what you, this is that's what you, so you're basically saying that you have taken your show life and put it into real life i will i'm not gonna comment on that <laughs> you know what i will i'm comment. trying to still work in baseball i don't want to talk about what may or may not have happened <laughs> in my franchise. Because the, the MLB 20, the show, they can see that shit on your, on your, on your updates from what you've been doing online. It wouldn't be a good look. How ble- like, if I saw like you had a file that just said in franchise mode, uh, Billy DeVore releases Hunter green, Nick Senzel, Tony Santillan, uh, Jonathan India, I would just call you and be like, no, I actually wouldn't even call you. I'd call Alicia and be like, hey, I need you to take Billy to like, you need to commit him like right now. Yeah. Can you check him in? I don't think he's doing all he's right. He's not doing too hot. No, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, he's just been in the bedroom for three days, locked the door, lost his job. He's, he hasn't showered in weeks. It's ugly. Just like major league players at the clubhouse this year. Hey, come on. Look, I'd like to take a second to shout out the network that helps distribute our show. Arm Chair Media. Arm Chair is a collection of 50-plus podcasts, including ours, trying to localize the sports world a little bit more. We've been with them since what? Oh, my God. Vietnam at this point. It's Nam. It was definitely pre-9-11. It was for sure pre-9-11. And have enjoyed growing our audience with theirs starting June 1st. Bet Online will serve as a title sponsor for Armchair as well as our show. This will open up the possibility to develop merchandise lines as well as potentially host live events when we return to a semblance of normalcy. In addition to Bet Online coming abroad, aboard, uh, Armchair will now serve as the host network for the world's largest skateboarding podcast, The Nine Club, hosted by professional skaters Chris Roberts and Kelly Hart. The Nine Club talks every week with the biggest names in skating. They're on social media at The Nine Club. To see, see more, search Armchair Media whenever you get your pod, wherever you get your pods also check us out on armchair's website armchairmedianetwork.com and their social channels at armchair media 
Armchair Media. Those who can, do. Those who can't, hashtag take a seat. Love that. That's a great read. I Thank um, you. I only fucked it up once and new read, so I'm pretty good. Yeah. I feel good about uh, it. Speaking of Armchair, just like a quick message to the papa of Armchair, Andrew Stevens. Um, yeah, Andrew, Billy and I were talking, and like while Spotify is in this whole acquisition phase, like with The mm-hmm. Ringer and Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. I mean – you could probably like get acquired for at least like seventy million at minimum. At minimum, like if Joe Rogan's a hundred and the Ringer's two fifty, I think Armchair slots in there at at least like seventy million. I think I think that's pretty fair. I think I think uh, seventy seven point five just to bring it up a little bit. Yeah, cut us some coin. I'm into that. Think about all the merch you can make from that seventy seven point five million dollars. I mean, you and I know what better than anyone, Bill. Like that. That's a lot of product. It's a ton of product. And, uh, yeah, talk to him about the merch stuff. And, uh, man, we got some cool stuff coming. Oh, you're just going to double dip on armchair and handle all the merch, aren't oh, you? Oh, I'm trying. <laughs> oh, I'm really trying. Boy. You're a dirty boy. <laughs> I know. I'm a filthy little slut. Mm. God, this is nice with the Zoom sitting on the couch. I'm really you know relaxed. Yeah, I just realized that it's like, you know what? Like, I don't have to be, like, aimed anywhere. No. So I'm going to recline. Yeah, that's what's... Gonna, this is, we're going to be each other's therapists. Right this now. is so good. This is what's so nice <laughs> about these mics. We are completely in the zone. Just I'm going to get a selfie. Fully reclined Full. mid-pod. Here we go. This is how you podcast. Oh, right here. Oh, selfie for the pod on... Yeah. Uh, selfie nailed. God, it is, you know, podcasting relaxed, fade up. Oh, man, this might be, I don't think I'm ever going to do anything else ever again. No, it's like the whole working from home thing. Like, obviously, I'm not doing that because I'm just not working right now. But uh, yeah. well, I'm kind of working. <laughs> yeah, you I'm are. giving free labor to a cause I believe in. So I guess yeah, and that's, better. you know, that's, that's better than any paycheck. Sure. <laughs> sure. I'll I'll just go with that so I can sleep today. Yeah, yeah. But, um, just hold that in the bank or whatever. Yeah, but like no, it's like all my friends that are working from home are like, fuck, I don't want to go back. Mm. I don't blame them. I was talking to somebody um, about it, and they were like, oh yeah. So we sent out they sent out a survey to our to all of our coworkers about going back, and ninety seven percent of them said no. And they were like, how would you guys feel about going down to four work days instead of five? And they're like, 100% that. I mean, pretty much every other country does that. Right. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Because we're just stuck in our ways and we're controlled by our billionaire overlords. Yep. It's the American way. That's right. The American dream is to just have everything trickle down and work so hard to have nothing. Yeah, exactly. Our, the American dream is to absolutely bust your ass, skate by, and pad the pockets of those who blessed us with the opportunities that we have. Exactly. That's, that's how it's That's capitalism. It's showbiz, capital ba- that's showbiz, baby. Shabby. Shabby? Shabby. <coughs> Dude, I've been losing it all goddamn day. I talked to Tyler, called him on the phone, and I just forgot what I was even saying. <laughs> It just slipped out, just and I was like, out. I just said, God damn it, mother, fuck, fuck. And he was like, are you okay? I'm like, just small stroke, small stroke. At least you didn't tell your significant other that they give haunting blowjobs like I did. Oh, yeah? Because you, you come so much, you may turn her into a ghost? No, she asked me for a an adjective to describe her head-giving abilities, and I said haunting. And that's obviously a compliment. That is, because you can never go back. No. That's like shining shit. Like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Okay, shout out to Kyle Brandon, friend of this half of Now's Pod. <laughs> but uh, my buddy Kyle, he is a manager at a hotel in Louisville, 
and I was catching up with him while playing Warzone yesterday, and it's literally, he, he said that his life for the last two months has literally been The Shining. He's the only <laughs> one in his hotel. He's only seen what, like a set of twins walking down the hallway? Yeah. Okay, normal stuff. Yeah, he said, he, it's weird, like he's, well, he was really like manically saying that like, I don't know if it's like the restaurant or bar, but like there's a new item on the menu called red rum. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what that's about. It's some like tiki drink maybe. It's so weird. Is it all tomato juice? Is it, yeah, is, yeah. It, is it, do they just serve it behind a door? It's like a super bloody Mary. <laughs> a bloody, bloody Mary. Yeah. How's that not in an English club? Yeah, club? Right? See, I'm losing my mind. You're short circuiting hard. Really hard. It's tough. You know, back to being like at like 110% with work, it's like picked up. So I'm like busted it. And like, I think I'm starting to fry out a little bit. It's just not, it's not great. And I also blame my allergies. Dude. So my allergies have always been terrible and I always rotate between like different over the counter allergy meds. Like, so I just go mm-hmm. through a bottle of one and switch to a different brand. Yeah. And I just switch. I've, I'm, I'm a, I'm a long time Claritin supporter, yeah. but I just switched and tried today for the first time. their liquid gels. I have not so much as sneezed all day. What? And obviously I will build a dependent or like a tolerance. <laughs> right. But, Good lord, that felt good. Claritin's never worked for me. Nothing has ever worked. This is the most Jewish podcast segment ever. <laughs> like, good god. And you were supposed to bring over challah bread, so Morgan did not make challah. Ugh. No, she just. I mean, I saw you know that what? she going made in, it earlier. Going into this, I was gonna like. I was very. I knew that I wanted to like do the haunting bit. Yeah. But like, I was consciously like trying to avoid saying her name on the podcast. Sure. Because I said that part, <laughs> but I just, re- yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not like uh, these 12 people know her. Yeah. But so, whatever. Yeah. It does not matter. Yeah, don't holla at my girl. Ooh, Ooh. She's not a holla back girl? No, she's not. Damn. Well, she is. She made you fucking holla. She did not make me holla. You didn't get any? No. It looked really good. Yeah, it did. I wanted that. She also made, wait, why didn't, I, where did those cinnamon rolls go? She made cinnamon rolls, too. Oh fuck. She's a fuck. she's a bread queen? Yeah. She's she stress bakes. Oh. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So basically I just need to be a really bad partner and I'll just get a <laughs> lot of free baked goods. Yeah. Just just <laughs> continually keep her on edge and be like, I don't know if this is working or not. The next thing you know, you can open up a bakery. Exactly. That's oh the my move. god, that's brilliant. <laughs> Gaslighting my way into a new business. <laughs> Wow. Here you go. Now you have purpose. I have purpose again. <laughs> I'm going to gaslight my girlfriend into opening a bakery with her stress baking. <laughs> Wonderful. Dude, this, who would have thought this could have just podcast could have gotten wow. even more you know chewy. What? Hold on. You're going to need to steer the ship for the rest of this. I got to go to work. No, I get it. No, you got to go get, you got to go take care of business. And I get it. Now for more reads, I'll just read the same one again. To fill up time. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag take a seat. Hashtag. Recline, baby. Recline with armchair. Ooh, that's the name of the episode. You know what? Speaking of armchair, I'm going to take a minute to pat myself on the back. Please do. So there's literally nothing I'm worse at than, like, assembling things from instructions. Mm -hmm. And I, since I've been, like, at home so much and since I've been doing this campaign stuff uh, and just sitting, I I, I was just sitting on, like, a wooden, like, kitchen table chair that we have at my house. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get, like, a desk gaming chair just a comfortable chair Mm -hmm. so i ordered a gaming chair on amazon and i assembled it all by myself 
And, and I'm proud of myself. I just, I'm proud of myself. You should be. I the, did it. They're not easy to do. This one was actually pretty easy. Well, how many, how many did, you, did you have to use any tools or was it all Allen wrenches all provided? Allen wrench. Beautiful. You really love to see it. Now, is it like a nice mesh one? Like, yes. did you sink in and it develops to yes, your it's posture? Going to, it's going to contour to my cheeks. So are you, uh, are you, okay, so when you game, are you an edge of the couch guy? Are you leaned back? So because of my eyesight, I'm definitely like an edge of the couch. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually used the chair to game yet just because of the way my living room is set up. Sure. Um, I'm planning on it at some point, but yeah, definitely edge of the couch. The only game... That I can play, like, reclined is, like, a casual game of, like, 2K or Madden. Okay. Like, when think, when when it's crunch time, I'm leaning forward. Always. Like classic meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, uh, I mean, just e- the stereotypical everyman photo, like, when Doritos makes a Call of Duty yeah, exactly. commercial. That's you. Yeah, me too. I'm edge of couch. Oh, yeah. Even when if I try and lay back, my back's starting to go, I'm like... I- Nope, I got to get back in the zone. I got to lean forward. I'm, I'm, I can't see the pitches as well in MLB 20, or I'm just not seeing, uh-huh. seeing down my sights right. I cannot play the show unless I'm like staring right at the TV. Yeah, that's what the that's not as ideal when, when, when like from here from our couch to the TV, which is why I'm contemplating just buying a bigger TV. I mean, why not? Yeah, I kind of want to just get a just go all in, get a 75 incher. Just fucking fuck it, ball the fuck out. Especially with the new consoles coming out. I need a 4K. Well, dude, that's the thing. It's like, I think that a good TV is a great investment. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. especially for like as, mu- like as much sports as we watch. Like, so when I lived in Atlanta, I when, I when I first moved there, I looked on Craigslist to try and find a TV. And I found like a 60 plus inch giant rear projector. It was apparently, like, I talked to the guy that sold it to me. He just like, refurbishes then flips things it was like it retailed for eight grand it was the last rear projector tv ever on the market whoa like super fucking nice and like rich people would buy them and then like a bulb would break that's like a 20 dollar five minute repair yep and this guy would just buy it from him for like a 100 bucks then flip it for 200 so i got this nice ass tv and dude like it was like a movie theater it was so big. Dude, those things rule. I miss those so much. Dude, I this was one of the greatest come-ups ever. I had one I had a bunch of people over for McGregor Mayweather and I bought the pay-per-view and like everybody was like there was probably like 25 people at my house and like mm-hmm. everybody brought beers and snacks and a couple people like kicked in some money. And then I guess like UFC, there were a bunch of problems with the stream. Yeah. So like everybody got refunded. It worked perfectly for me, <laughs> but I just like made money and got a bunch of snacks and beer out of it. That's perfect. And I had all my friends over. It was so much fun. That sounds, that's, you know, so that was for when, when that fight was going on, it was brouhaha weekend. So it was a shit show. And the, and our neighbor who lived in the apartment where it now had a huge party. So I was like, I'm going to bring every comedian that's booked on brouhaha in here to watch the fight. Are you cool with that? She's like, yeah, bring everyone. <laughs> so we brought like 30 comics over to watch the fight. That's amazing. And then my buddy Lloyd bought 12 cases of High Life. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He was like, we're going to fucking go all the way in. I was like, hell yeah, dude. That's beautiful. Lloyd, co-host of Fuck You, We Like the Bengals with Schubert. Well, Sweet yeah. baby boy Schubert. Sweet baby boy. That fucking big-handed idiot. Or <laughs> retard. I was going to go, yeah, I, yeah, I'm leaving it. Um... But yeah, uh, I dude, I bought a rear projector TV off of Craigslist once. It was a huge, big old fucking box, forty three inches. Uh, I was in high school, so my senior year of high school. So I went 
and picked it up from the guy, picked it up from his basement, moved it in my friend's SUV, and then we moved it three floors at my parents' house up to the bedroom. And as soon as I plugged it in, my mom came in and she went, what are you doing? I was like, what? I bought a TV. It was only like 150 bucks. She went, no, you didn't. I was like, yeah, it's it's right over there. I'm pointing at it. It's like, it's right there. And she goes, actually, no, you didn't. Because if you don't, as soon as you turn 18, I'm kicking you out of the house. Get it downstairs. What? Yes. So I had to take that TV all the way back down and drop it back off at that dude's house. And he gave me half of my money back. You really hate to see it. You do. But you know what? As my mom being, a, you know, a Jewish woman, I thought she would. Uh, I was like, but he's only giving me half my money back. And she went, no, I don't care. Get it out of my house. I'm, and then she countered it by saying, I'm not paying for the extra electric. Wow. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of, like, the best unintentional prank that I ever played on Tyler. <laughs> uh, remember when Cincinnati Gardens, like, auctioned off, like, all their shit? Oh, yeah. So I bought the shot clock. And when the auction was done, I was on tour. So Tyler had to grab this behemoth of a shot <laughs> clock. That's ba- it's basically a rear projector TV. Yeah. And haul it up like multiple flights of stairs to his apartment at the time. Right. And then help me haul it down to my car when I got home from tour. That's tight. I loved it. I love inconveniencing him more than anything. So, um, the Tyler Snipes of SBI soccer. If you want any information on MLS soccer, (laughs) Liga MX soccer, or any U S national team or NWSL, any soccer that happens in North America, go to Tyler Snipes at SBI soccer for, Oh, your knees. Yeah, all these juicy D's. Oh, juicy D's. Yeah. Oh, God. Toe, the media. All that hot content. Oh, God, I wish you'd break my fucking neck like you break those stories. (laughs) Stream it right into my eyes, Daddy. I really hope he hears that and mm, mm. chokes on whatever he's drinking. I'm going to text him as soon as he, as soon as I upload and go, hey, we talked about you on the pod. Yeah. He's like, God damn it. Just sitting on his porch flicking cigarette butts. Yeah. Just <laughs> burning butts on the porch. <laughs> just putting them out on his arm and then flick them into the oncoming traffic. <laughs> just so just, angry. Then just yells at the guy that walks down the street with the lizard. <laughs> I forgot about that. Columbia, guy. I, like... Columbia Tusculum, there, there are no rules there. It rules. Yeah, it rules because there are no rules. It's like Covington, no. but like... Nice. Nice, yeah. It's so nice. <laughs> it's so nice. You can buy a house there for not crazy. It's like... It's Covington heart with, like, Loveland body. Dude, that is honestly perfect. Because also, there, uh, there's killer restaurants right around the corner. Yeah. There's Taglio... Swamp Water Grill, not Allen's. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. That okay? I will. You know what? Pearls. I will say Pearls is great. This, uh, the precinct. Precinct. I will say about uh, Hi Mark. Hi Mark. Eli's. I will say with Allen's. I'm not a big fan of the food, but what a, what a patio. What a vibe. Great. What a great, great place vibe. to drink. Great place to drink. Now I don't remember seeing it on the menu. Do they offer hurricanes? I don't know. I might have to look that but up. But I do know that they don't know what aioli is, and that's a big problem for a <sighs> Yep, yep, yep. I can't get back into uh, it. Yeah, that's, I can't do it. Sorry it's for triggering you. too sensitive of too a topic. Soon, too soon. Way too soon. Like, it's, it's only been a year. Yeah. Has it been that long? Or is it two years? When did Arkells play Bun? I think that would have been... No, it was two years, because last yeah. Bunbury was the one that I worked all Yeah, it was a nightmare for you. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Thank God it's not happening this year. Oh, God. 
flashbacks to Nam, just like your flashbacks <laughs> to Creole Nam. Creole Nam. <laughs> that would just be uh, the, uh, what, the Korean War? That would <laughs> be mine. I mean, when you think about it, like, Creole is a bastardization of French cuisine, just like Vietnamese ha- kind of has some bastardized French parts. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Creole Nam is just kind of Nam itself. That's... Damn, that's beautiful. I'm not even stoned right now. <laughs> Dude, okay, this just dawned on me. You know how, like, there's Korean barbecue? Yeah. Why couldn't you take that Korean barbecue and kind of fusion it with Cajun? Like, if you made, a like, a Korean barbecue po' boy. So there's actually, in Atlanta, there's a Korean Cajun spot where they'll do, like, Korean, bar- like, Korean, like, Spice like crawfish boils. Oh shit! It's fucking unreal. There's this dude in Chicago. He owns, owns Mars Brewing, and then he owns um, fuck. I forget the takeout. Maria's Takeout, and then next to it, he opened up a restaurant. It is Korean Polish fusion, where they do uh, Polish dumplings. Yeah, yeah, dude. Polish food rules. Polish food severely underrated. Oh yeah. I mean, what uh, market wines every opening day does pierogies? Uh, they're so they sell out in like ten minutes. They're so fucking good. You have to get there at seven in the morning to get them. God, fuck! I want opening day. I want baseball in general. Same. Don't get me wrong. I want it, but I want to make sure everyone is safe and that they are fucking paid. It's yeah. Like I'm just so stressed. Right. I I, I guess I'm. It's just. It's just unfortunate that like. Like I we were talking about this earlier. Like. It, the owners are conducting themselves as business people do, right. which it makes sense. But like at the same time, it's like it, it's it's just so frustrating that they're not learning from the past. And it's like, look, this sucks. Everything sucks. Like nobody's happy about this. Right. Just like figure it out. Like you already made an agreement with the players to reduce their salaries. Right. But you, why would you make that agreement well, if you if you like plan ahead? Yep. Factor everything in and then make that agreement in March. Exactly. But they didn't plan ahead. They just thought, you know, you can't teach old businessmen new tricks. No. So they're just going to keep doing what they did. Well, and I mean, granted, like it is. Or what like, they do. It, uh, there's still no clear answer when baseball is going to come back and in what form. But at the same right. time, it's like whenever they made that deal originally, just like plan on the worst case scenario and then. Whatever the players agree on, that's what they agree well, on. Well, was it the worst case scenario of them not playing and the players get 50% of their salary? Yeah. That was the worst case, and now they're going to come back and pay them even less? That's so fucking stupid. It's rude. Oh, there she is, First Lady of the Pod. Wow. We're very comfortable. Yeah, this is great. great. And we can, uh, you know what I also realized? What? That we can go down, we can bring this rig downstairs and keep recording while grabbing beers. Exactly. It's pretty, it's pretty beautiful. But that's also why I did bring up two drinks. I, well, I saw, that's what made me think of it. Cause I was like, oh, I'm going to need a new beer at some point. Wait, we can just walk downstairs and carry it. <laughs> and just not trip over the courts. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm very fine. into it. What do you, what do you? Oh, my Oh, oh yeah, you just shaved your, oh, your legs. Your leg itch, or you're just happy to see Bill? <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes my third leg grow. <laughs> it's more like a third pinky. Oh, rats. Rats. Oh, no. Dude, that's my brand. I always go small dick joke, and people have been calling me out. Like, Lee called me out on the hub on Monday. Muhammad called me out on Wednesday. They're like, oh, I've seen your dick. It's actually pretty big. I'm like, stop. Yeah, sing. Muhammad, I've seen your legs. They don't work right now. <laughs> It's like, stop calling me out. You're ruining my brand. 
Yeah, God, like, small dick jokes. Look, as Jews, that is a, we like stop appropriating our culture. Thank we you. We have small dicks. That's our that's our zone. That's our go to. Yeah, like we wouldn't joke about like. I don't want to even get into. I don't either. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know over where it. I'm going with this. Yeah, and we don't need to do the like and all of this stuff. We don't need to do the similes. We don't need to no. fucking do setup. You get where I'm going. Punchline. Stay, stay off our lawn. Stop appropriating our small dicks. Thank you, God. That's the point. But um, no, it's like, the, and I think with this whole thing, like, so John Heyman reported today that the players are livid at ML or at the owners for releasing that letter where they were offering the players the revenue split. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about earlier, how the fans for some reason always side with the owners here, because with, I think when people look at an owner of a sports team, they just see like a businessman mm-hmm. that they possibly could be at some point when they look at the players, they see like, Oh, you're so lucky you play baseball. Yeah. But it's still a job. And the thing that people don't realize is like, I'm gonna, before I make the point, I'm going to frame it like this. Okay. Alex Rodriguez is the highest paid athlete of all time, contractually, by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. He is engaged to Jennifer Lopez, who's one of the highest paid musicians of all time. The two of them, as incredibly successful as they are, still needed significant help to try and purchase a team. That is the disparity of wealth between people that can purchase a team and the players themselves. Even the richest player of all time, married to one of the richest musicians of all time, isn't close to being able to afford a team. Right. So in that light, think about it like this. Even though the average MLB player makes a lot more money than John Doe working at whatever job, the gap is still there. They're no, they are the workers still. They are the working class in this situation. Right. They don't lose their rights as workers just because they make more than the average worker. They just are in a different field, and there's the disparity between the 1% and the 99% is still very... It's still just as apparent in baseball between the owners and players as it is in regular businesses between the CEO and the factory worker well also don't you think they wouldn't want to throw a rod in there because he would side with the players and they have someone that has played in that arena well, where they could be like no we're trying to like fuck them well, so we can make more money that's the other weird thing like there have been so many former players mark Teixeira, uh john smoltz sort of but there have been a shares was the worst take there have been so many players like coming out of the woodwork like oh yeah like you can't be greedy right now this is about the people Oh, shut the fuck up, Mark Teixeira. I remember you, like, bidding the entire league against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, you made $325 million playing. How about you back off and then you... And also, he needs something to play so he can sit behind a desk and talk about it and get paid to do it. Uh-huh. God, so, he, lo- he, he just looks like an overgrown rat. <laughs> like, okay, I love Mark Teixeira as a baseball player. Mm-hmm. He was so much fun to watch. Absolute monster. Yes. Dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah, please keep, keep your toe head clothes toe toe he looked like a toe head oh yeah 100 percent. too big of a mouth you know who is a toeist of toe heads who scott shebler yeah it's bad it's and the, really the hairline bad. doesn't help no he's it, just getting more and more toey as the days gone god and then that chin is bad to, it's rough and then just that whole like regression and he, <laughs> yeah <laughs> just being bad also like he has no personality whatsoever yeah he's a toe yeah he he is the creative player 
the original the generic, option. Yeah. He's just number one. He's just like left fielder number two for the Hornet Bees. John Dowd. <laughs> John Dowd. <laughs> Dude. Also, like, uh, think about this too. Like, with a with a player also owning a team, completely different sport. But look what Michael Jordan's done for the Charlotte Hornets. Not shit. Not shit. It's Did a- you see what he said the other day about uh, somebody asked him if he could like be if he could still take like if he could take his players one on one? Yeah, and he said, "Yeah, I probably could." Fuck no. And then Mikael Bridges quote tweeted the article and said, "All right, bring it." <laughs> that would be tight. That's the content we need. That's the live stream we need. Oh, God. What I would give to see any current player against MJ, even a scrub. Oh, yeah, for sure. Imagine, like, Kevin Durant now at 75% against Michael Uh, Jordan. I mean, that would be a bloodbath. It would be beautiful. I mean, what? I mean, I'm with you in this argument that LeBron overall is a better specimen and will be a higher regarded player than Michael Jordan when it's all said and done. There's no doubt yeah. in my mind. Like you talked about, he, like did you see that thing he said this week that he when there was the lockout in 2014? Is that what he yeah. said? Yeah, he was training to play football. Yeah, he was gonna go and play tight end. He was like, and there was pro, there was you know Jerry Jones chirping in his ear. Of he would have been a Dallas Cowboy playing tight end against like number two on the death chart to Jason Witten. LeBron's the goat. Anybody come at me on Twitter, I will defend it. Like, it's just, it's Jordan's Jordan. And I'm, when I say LeBron's the best of all time, I am in no, by no means trying to say that Michael Jordan is less than. Right. It's just facts. LeBron is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just there. And, like, after watching the doc and finishing it, I'm like, okay, uh, they added, once they added Rodman, they went on their second run of three peaks. Think about who LeBron had to play exactly. with in Cleveland. He had old Shaq at, for a midseason acquisition. The, the, the fact that LeBron, when he first came into the league, dragged Cavs teams whose second best player was some combination of Zildjunas Ilgauskas, yep. Drew Gooden, and or no, Car, was it Drew Gooden or Carlos Boozer? Uh, Carlos Boozer it was, was some, in the beginning. There was Zildjunas Ilgauskas, Carlos Boozer, and Anderson, Anderson Verichau, none of whom would be anything but bench role players in the current NBA. Yes. Like, the fact that he drug those teams to finals, and then the mm-hmm. fact, like, okay, Kyrie and Kevin Love, definitely a step up. Ky- borderline Hall of Famers. Jordan had Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen. The right. Pr- like he had Scottie Pippen the whole time. Yeah, and he also had Steve Kerr, the winningest player, and, the winningest player in NBA history. Yeah. Like, that's insane. You also had uh, Tony Kukuc, who was a monster. Uh-huh. You had... Horace who was, Grant. Right. Horace Grant, who then eventually left. Um, they trade away Charles Oakley in 88. Like, I, Horace... Or 90. I'm going to say that... I'm going to put this out there. Horace Grant is a better player than any teammate LeBron has had in the Cavs or Lakers era besides AD Love... Oh, I'll take Horace Grant over Kevin Love. I would too. Besides AD and Kyrie. That yep. heat, those Heat teams, like, obviously that's a different story. That, yes, he had the supporting cast there. Finally. But as far as his Cavs era goes, it is insane what he did. And I was, I was talking to my friend who covers the Warriors the other day because he triggered me with a post about LeBron stands, and I, I immediately DM'd him. I was like, LeBron's better. And he made this point that LeBron 
more LeBron brings the floor of a team up more than any player ever, but Jordan brings the ceiling up more than any player ever. And yep. I agree with that. But just it's so impressive what LeBron did and and will continue to do, and that's why he's the goat. Exactly. You now have a basketball podcast. There you go. We did it. We fucking did it. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sign us. Come on. Yeah. Give us give us some of that two hundred and fifty million. Yeah, we're like Puig family barbecue Puig Associates grill out. Yeah, please. <laughs> or uh, or uh, uh, I don't know. Nope. Well, I was going to yep. try to. Uh, oh, a Bartolo barbecue. Yeah, but they already have barbecue takeout. That's true. What about? We would uh, just be like at another pavilion at the park while Cespedes' family is. We do at a bar- the other pavilion, or we could do a Bartolo bake. Ooh, Bartolo bake sale. That's tight. Mm. Mm. I'll eat his cookie any day. Oh, anytime. Do you think? I bet he's a big honey bun guy. I don't know. I think that he's actually like super healthy, just dummy thick. Dummy, <laughs> yeah, that big like like he's in really good shape, and he's super well. Okay, he's he's by really good shape. I mean, like athletically, he's still like a good athlete, and like he's still super flexible. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Something weird. Yeah, did you see him hurling the other day, dude? I, my favorite, like, that's been some of my favorite video content is just him just blowing two seamers past, like, kids. Right. He's just smoking them. Dude, in the, in the, like, what was it, in his backyard where he just placed it perfectly yeah. and it was still fire? Jesus, Bartolo. I can't, I, we just need him to come back. We need all the rosters to be unfrozen so that way we can see if Nolan Arenado gets traded and who signs, who wins the Bartolo Cologne sweepstakes. Here is an idea to, A, make baseball more exciting. And B, help every team with the issues that will befall their pitching staffs this season. Bartolo Colon is on every single team's taxi squad. <laughs> he ro- he's a roving player. Okay. Like a roving instructor, but a roving player. I love that. And, like, why not? Obviously, there's a lot of issues there as far as, like, quarantine and stuff goes. But, like, fuck it, man. It's Bartolo Colon. Right. So, say if he moves cities or moves, let's say he moves He has to have region. a two-week cool down between appearances. That's what I was thinking, so yeah. he flies into Cincinnati, pitches for the Reds, flies to New York, isolates for two weeks, pitches for the Yankees, flies to Texas, isolates mm-hmm. for two weeks, pitches for the Rangers. It's foolproof. See, now that's the issue that I'm having that I think that's, that's going to be difficult for MLB is New York. How yeah. can you have two teams playing actively playing there when it's the hotspot? So news just broke a little bit ago that the Yankees are going to do their spring training 2.0 in Florida. Because of that. So you think they'll just stay? I don't think they'll stay, but I think that, I mean, in theory, if the season starts in July, you would think that, like, New York's calmed down enough, maybe? Maybe. We just have to see how... how, how That's the whole the curve... thing with all this. It's like, I get it completely, and believe me, we want... I, I know you and I are the same way. We want mm-hmm. baseball back more than anything, but, like... There's literally nothing anyone can plan on for any of this. It's right. literally unprecedented. It has to be 100% fluid. I mean, I'm still shocked that Korean baseball is going on. It's sick. It's amazing. But, like... Uh, I can think of 50,000 reasons why it won't be soon. <laughs> in, so some inside baseball there. Not going to go into details. Love that. Oh, uh, Mike Webster. There you go, buddy. There you go. That's for you. Uh, <clears throat> so... I mean, Toronto said no sporting events whatsoever f- until 2021. So what did, what did the Blue Jays do? I mean, do they just also, go to the Florida? border is closed until mid-June. Right. Trudeau closed the border. So it's like it brings in this other question, which has been very valid. Like, 
national testing is a huge issue. Why should baseball players get access to unlimited tests when the public can't get them? And then that's the same thing. It's like, why should baseball players be able to travel Internet, like from Canada to the U.S. and back and forth when the normal citizen can't. Right. That's a fair question. It is a very fair question. Um, just for our entertainment, because there's nothing else to do. Nope. And then they have to, well, do you, do you think, like, I mean, WWE, was they were deemed essential workers in Florida. That's why there's so much sporting events, so many well, sporting events going on in Florida. Florida. I get it. So that takes me back to why the fuck not just have everything in Arizona and Florida? I still don't get why I, that doesn't work. I, I guess it's the whole like heat thing, like what? But at the same time, it's like, come on, you can figure it out. Like, yeah, you know, it's 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 look like it, it's it's fucking baseball. It's not soccer. It's not basketball outdoors. It's baseball. Like, right? It's gonna suck. Yeah, but like, people deal with it all the time. Right. Like, think about like th- there are Tucson, Arizona, is a place that I've spent a lot of time in. It fucking sucks there. And, like, you think that, like, the University of Arizona teams aren't practicing in that? What about, like, what about the Vegas minor league team? Vegas is a place. Like, hot as I had a show in Vegas a couple years ago. It was 114 degrees. Like, if minor league teams can do it, major league teams can do it. Like, it's, like, I get it. Like, it's definitely not ideal. But, like, I don't know. I just, I that made sense to me, too, that whole plan. It still makes sense, and so does Texas. I mean, like I said, after Jake explained it, he's like, you could just you have two stadiums in Arlington, you have one in Houston, and then you use Austin and, uh, yeah, you use uh, TCU, UT, uh, TCU. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's enough stadiums down there to make that happen. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just don't know how the home field thing works, how it also works out, because then it goes back to operating costs for each stadium to just turn the lights on and have people play. And I, I, feel- I just don't get that. Yeah, and like I, I would think that it would be cheaper to like play out of like college and like facility stadiums than proper ballparks. Right, considering that it, you know, college isn't going to happen. I mean, spring, I mean, what? Spring ball for colleges is just so far in the future for them. Like well, and even and like, even if the fact that like they let kids back on the campuses. I just meant like financially and like logistically. I mean, yeah. there's probably less overhead there it's like i mean it's a smaller venue right you don't have concessions you don't have ticket people you don't like there's so much like maybe it came down to those people didn't want to pick up the operating costs well and you know it actually it just kind of hit me the other thing would be like obviously this season's already going to be screwy enough as is but like what it like what kind of asterisks will you have if teams play half their games in college parks and then go and then end up going back to their home stadiums? Like that's just a weird data set. You know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like overall, it totally fucks everything. Like, and you can't just not have those stats recorded. I think yeah. the asterisks for sure. I don't know. I just, I don't know. You just have to count it and just be like 2020 weird year, huh? Remember that? Do you? So then you wouldn't put it in their career numbers, then, right? I mean, you have to, though. Yeah. Like, so then that makes sense why it's at at their home ballparks for that reason yeah, alone. I mean, that's a reason that makes sense, but I don't know. I mean, there's there's no there's no right answer. That's the problem. No. Like, there's nothing that there's no solution that you can point to and say yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. Really big issues with all of them. Yeah, in all different shapes and sizes. Whether it's like 
the testing issue or the travel issue or the ballpark issue or the heat issue. There's nothing that makes perfect sense, and that's the problem. Yeah. I, I don't know. And, and all, like even though we, we talked about this too, it's like so expanded rosters. You have 30 players in a 20-man taxi. So how is that even logistically going to work? Like we talked about having to play at spring training facilities all the time, just doing interleague constantly until they're like, all right, time to go. So then they just have to get on a plane and go to f- fucking uh, Detroit. I don't, yeah, that's the, it's like it, the tax. Yeah, like, I guess the MLB wants the majority of the taxi squad to be traveling with the team for that reason. So I guess it's like, and also, I just don't know. I, I just don't. There's so many questions with that. Like, a, who can enter a game? Do you have to declare members of the taxi squad active roster and then demote people to the taxi squad? Can you like, if Joey Votto has a scheduled day off, do you let? Does he just as is he just available as a pinch hitter? Right. Or can you demote him to the taxi squad? to clear up the roster spot or is he not eligible for the taxi squad? Right. And then like somebody like Jonathan India is a prime taxi squad candidate. Yes. He can play a lot of positions. He needs to develop. There's not going to be minor league ball probably. So like he needs the reps. Mm-hmm. So like what does that count as far as service time? Cause like obviously like we made it very clear we're pro players, but it is the fact of the matter that until this is addressed in the CBA, it's the players agreed on this. Like, it's not chill, but it's the players agreed on it. As far as like the service time manipulation and all that stuff goes, why like it's not necessarily fair to teams that they have to start like a Jonathan India or a Hunter Green service time now. So like maybe only if they like maybe they can be on the taxi squad just in case, but they only get service time when they're actually like on the. 25 or 30 man or whatever it is right but then that that eliminates the opportunity for them to play whatsoever so then you're holding them back i think it would have to go down to but how are you holding them back it's not like there's minor league ball for them to get reps in right exactly but then they're then they just wait and sit another year as a which is what they'd be doing Doing anyway yeah so like i i I know like i get what you're saying but it's like again like there's no there's no right answer right here's what i would do you should set a cap on games that they can like that they play. I back that. So say uh, what we, we get an eighty-two game season. Yeah. Say they play they they play forty-one games. That counts as a year of service time. Yeah, I'm into that. Like I don't see Jose Siri needing to play forty-one games. Would it be tight? Yeah, yeah, it would be. So but, talking to some friends and wait, work. did I say that? Yeah, right. Jose Siri smashing during during spring training. Yeah, yeah. Duh. So talking to some friends with MLB organizations, they've been telling me that kind of their rough plan as of now for the taxi squad is they're prioritizing tools. So like if there's a pitcher who really doesn't have it all together, doesn't have great command, might not have a great secondary pitch right now, if he can throw gas, like that's a candidate for the taxi squad because he at least has something that can play. Right. So I don't think that benefits the Reds from the pitching standpoint, but like – from a positional standpoint, the Reds, we've talked about this so much together. Like, mm-hmm. If the Reds play their cards right, they are not obviously not the Dodgers. No one is, but they have a lot no. of really versatile pieces. Yes. Suarez can, poss- Suarez can play first. 
Uh, Farmer can play everywhere. Yep. Nick Senzel can play second, third, outfield. Lorenzen can play the outfield. Moose can play second, third, first. Like Van Meter, can, Van Meter can Meter, play first, second, short, Dietrich third. Dietrich can play first, second, and outfield. Right. Like, there's so many players that can move all around. So from a positional standpoint, that benefits the Reds. Jonathan India, if there's a universal DH, like, let's say, <sighs> let's say hypothetically, Castellanos gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Then... You can DH Lorenzen, or you can DH Hunter Green. You can DH Jonathan India. Dude, you can DH Aquino. You can DH Aquino. Yeah. Like, there's just so many options there, but it's like, I would be interested to see what the Reds do. It's like, obviously, Hunter Green's not ready for the majors, especially coming off Tommy John. Right. But, like, he has stuff for sure. And, yeah. like, I, he might get knocked around, but, like, you will definitely see, like, some you, the talent's there, and, like, he'll, I'm not saying he'll do well but like he'll be able to compete well i mean i couldn't do or any i don't think anybody in the mlb could do what he did with that car that was gnarly that was insane how do you just throw it through a moving car that was perfect what a guy what a guy what a move what a what a what a gram he had that what a post that beautiful spiral just football bomb a couple weeks ago oh off the roof yeah god you know what else think about this speaking of hunter green nick lodolo uh-huh. What about throwing them in the fucking pen? Jesus, that could be gnarly. Dude, you could have to think about Dolo as a setup guy. That could be gross. That's and that's the interesting thing with him because like he is like that, that that that's a whole other thing I haven't even thought about. It's like with the three batter minimum now, it's like you don't really have a role for loogies, but Lodolo does do well against righties, and it's like I mean Lodolo is the kind of pitcher mm-hmm. that like. Is he ready? No, but like he's the has the kind of, he has the skill set and the package that like he's very, he's an experienced college pitcher. He's close right. to major league ready. I think that like September this year or like early next year would have been his time. Yeah. But then like a Casey Mize with Detroit, same exact situation. It's like those are guys that like I wouldn't call them up now. I what, like if the season started on time. I, right. Maybe they would be in line for a call up. Like. Casey Mize would be coming up like soonish. Nate Pearson would be coming up right anytime now. It's like that kind of thing will help those guys. But like, I just how are how the player development staffs handle a season without minor league ball potentially is just going to be super interesting to me because it's like part of me says okay, just lock Hunter Green in drive lines, brand new facility in Seattle mm-hmm. for a full year and then see what happens. Let him grow back, but let like, him build back up. Yeah, but like also it's like, I just am really interested to see how this taxi squad thing works. I am too. I, what about this? Like what if you put them in each team's like closest region, like all of the minor leaguers, say all the Reds minor leaguers are just in Louisville and they're just inter-squatting all the time. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that would be tight. Like, all the Tigers f- players are in Lakewood. Yeah. Like, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I, th- I think that's great. Instead of putting them in Arizona or Florida. Well, see, the problem... So then they're close. The, the problem with that, though, is that the air, like the spring training facilities are built to house that volume of players. True, and those the minor leaguers are really aren't. For, no, they're definitely... Minor no. league stadiums, for the most... Like, there's a lot of just really shitty facilities. True. Louisville's not bad. Louisville's not bad. I don't Dayton's know. not... Dayton's, Dayton's great. great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, that works in our favor, but I don't know, I mean, about, like... 
what the Phillies would have or I don't know, like what the Royals would have. Where I mean, what's the Royals AAA affiliate? Is it Omaha? No. No. I'm going to look that up right now. But This break in the action is brought to you by Cum. Cum. There's yeah. a lot of it. There's a lot of it. It's sticky. <laughs> I don't know whose it is, but it's there. Cum. Now available at Walgreens. Here we go. It is the, yeah, you're right, Omaha Storm Chasers. Man, that logo rules. Oh, yeah. God, oh, that's, yeah. that is sick. Dude, I I've mean, been, look at that. Oh, that's so tasty. It looks I got like a, Gandalf. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing a lot of minor league games on the show, and I am having so much fun with the Chattanooga Lookouts. Oh, yeah? Such a fun team to play with in the show. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I got to cut in for this. The the, uh, AAA affiliate of the Rangers, the Nashville Sounds new logo. Oh, yeah. Oh, buddy, boy. Yeah. That is some shit. Uh, I made the... Oh, that's such a great set of logos. Uh, Somebody dropped all of those and made jerseys into a 2K file so you can have an expansion Nashville Sounds team. Oh wait! On, oh, oh, on the, the show oh, on two K. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's sick. That, that Nashville would make it make sense for an NBA team. They already have. They have, they have the NHL, population. They have, uh, they have NFL. They have uh, MLS. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm kind of surprised that they don't have a major league baseball team. It's much like what? What's the numbers like? Were the numbers was like what two thousand twenty two hundred people move there a day? Dude, it's insane. Uh the government there is actively like paying for like musicians to like stop like to leave what like there's incentives to like leave what you, like what incentives like my fr- i don't I, i'm only quoting my friend on this who mm-hmm. moved there like a couple years ago but like when i met up with him for coffee like he was saying like there's so many musicians moving there every moment of every day that like at a certain point it's like not obviously not everyone's going to succeed and it's like get the fuck out and stop clogging the entire industry right which like i i talked to my buddy who moved there and i was like so what's your what's your ideal situation moving there he's like you know start my band but like because he already had one here and it was very good and then he moved and he's like yeah you know the goal overall like the realistic goal is just to be a studio musician I'm like, wouldn't that be like 90% of the people who move yeah. to Nashville? They're like, oh, people are recording all the time. I could just do that. So that's just oversaturating. Like when comics move from like here or a, or like a, like a B city, like here yeah. to New York or LA, I'm like, are you real? Do you really think you have a shot? Like, do you really think that you could be, you know, be the next big thing? Do you have your sets height set your your sights set too high? Are you I don't think overvaluing yourself? Yeah, people don't actually know what that work looks like. They think no. they do because they grind and like they grind and they grind in like a B market and they achieve things from that, but like that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Let's like when uh like I've thought about it, but it's all all always like, well, I like my apartment, I like where I'm at, yeah. I, I enjoy my career in comedy, and it's like, do I want to make that jump completely start over when I could just have those headliners come to go bananas where I hang yeah, out and, open and hang out and open for them and then hang out next thing you know, like they're taking you on the road yeah. and you've skipped the step of fucking being at the comedy store uh-huh. and then you know all these people eventually, then when you go visit. You just get to walk up and go do it. Exactly. It's like there, there's 
it is in, I mean obviously like if you can like go off in like an A market then do it by all means but like there's so much to get from being like a big fish in a small pond there is, yeah for sure like especially like in music and comedy it's like if you're like a really fucking good act and you're opening for a national headliner a lot of things can happen there. Exactly. I mean, other agents can see you that way. Like, I, I, well, especially like that person's agent can yeah. see you and be like, okay, well, here's the next move for you. No, and it's like, it's what you're just saying. It's like, you open for them, you fucking crush it. They're, ta- they're t- you rip down 30 beers after the show, have a great night. Yeah. Next thing you know, the guy's drunk texting his agent. Yo, this dude that opened for me is great. Like, you should check him out. Like, that's not going to happen in New York because they're going to be bombed by their entire team the whole time right and also like it's fucking you go to an open mic and it's like 200 people deep or 100 people deep. as as somebody that tours in music i cannot tell you how just awful new york la and nashville shows are from the perspective of like there's just so many fucking people everywhere backstage the bus everywhere everyone knows everybody and there's just piles of people Fuck that. That sucks. That's why you tell... Where where were you going to move? Missoula, Montana. That's it. So, like, you have stories like that. Like, Missoula, fucking rules. Like, and whenever someone comes here and you know them and, you know, you get to take them out, they're like, Cincinnati rules. Yeah, exactly. Like, when when my buddies Scott, uh, Marissa, and Kevin were here for a show at the Madison... Mm -hmm. And and JP, sorry, JP. Um, (laughs) Uh... Took them all out the night before, and then after the show, it's like, oh, shit, Cincinnati's fun. Yeah. Yeah, fucking rules. That's, that's, like, one of my favorite things, and it's, like, obviously, like, you can have a good time, like, in New York or L.A. or something, but, like, I don't know. I feel like it's it's different showing someone, like, A, your city, but B, like, nobody, like, whenever I tell people I'm from Cincinnati, it's like, oh, why? Like, where? <laughs> or like, why? Yeah, like, where do, you, where do you live? Are you an L.A. guy? No, I'm in Cincinnati. Oh. Okay. Come to Cincinnati. I guarantee you what you remember of it will be a good time. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Dave Ross was just like, I think Cincinnati's my favorite city. He's like. Glowing review from the Cubs manager. Huge. Huge. <laughs> Loves it. Pop, you know. Uh, but like, uh, who else? Sam Talon. Like, I think I love it here. And there was another guy who's, uh, who's, who's like a touring headliner. He's like, you, like, he was like, I think I'm going to leave L.A. and move to Cincinnati. Would that be a bad move? Or we're like. No, because then you're closer to everything else. Like, you're closer to the Midwest, where most, like, a good amount of comedy clubs are. We are four hours from... Okay, we're five hours from Nashville, Chicago, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Detroit, uh, where else? Cleveland. Yeah. There's it's, so many good markets within five hours of here. Yeah, and it's, like, seven hours to Atlanta. Uh-huh. But fucking, yeah, like, eight hours, or, well, what... 12 hours to Dallas. I mean, it's not, it's not a bad move. And it's a great place for like a touring act to like call home. Yep. Cause you can rip different weekend runs every mm-hmm. weekend without remotely batting. Them. Right. And then you have a good club here yep. that you can constantly work on shit. And what's really nice is we have an airport that's not trash. I love our airport. It's kind of a pain in the ass to get to, but it's such a breeze flying in and out of there. Yeah, exactly. Real quick. And Dayton isn't terrible either. No. But then, like, why would you live in New York and L.A. and pay so much to live in a tiny apartment when you could live in Cincinnati in a cool spot for 
half the cost. If not less. Exactly. Yep. As somebody that has done both, <laughs> Atlanta rules. Atlanta I would live in Atlanta. Sick. I love Atlanta. Dude, I so had, much. I had the best time in Atlanta when I was when I toured with dear friend Joe Shelby and Dave Yates when we did that we stayed in Atlanta for three days and I was like I'm in love with this city it is so much fun there it's such a great place and like there's just there's so much happening culturally but like yeah it's not like New York or LA or Nashville where there's too much it's like everything has its place kind of it's all in different neighborhoods exactly like when I was there it's like I would go to my friend's house because they were having a basement show and just watch awesome local bands, like a couple touring bands. Then I would go to a venue and watch like a friend of mine from tour that's like from LA or wherever. It's like there's just so much happening and like the film scene there. Like there's movies being shot there, TV constantly. Like there's so much happening, but like it all has a place and like there's not too much happening. Also with a killer killer club in Laughing Skull, and then right across the street from that in Five Points, you've got. Um Oh, Rodney's the- show. Uh, Star Bar. Yes, Star Bar. Star Bar rules. Yeah, dude. We dude, just five, hung out. So I, when I lived there, I was about a mile and a half from Five Points. Five Points rules. That's where I would move. Dude, it's so sick. It's great. I lived, if you walk up from Star Bar and then all the way down the street past the Kroger, I was like a little bit past that Kroger. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the hangar? Yes. you remember that vent? I slept in there. Oh boy, dude, it was tight. So we uh, we 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 the night before we did Sweetwater and performed for three hundred people. One hundred fifty were paying attention. One hundred fifty were in the back talking and drinking. Perfect, because you bought a ticket. They gave you a they bu- you bought a ticket to the show. They gave you a pint glass and then they gave you eight beer tickets. Jesus. So it was a shit show. Fuck yes. In this huge room, so much fun. And then we went to Star Bar. And crashed on this dude's, uh, in this this guy who met us down there from Chicago in his hotel room. I slept on the floor. Um, s- but, like, overall, just sitting in the car and sweating and not really showering a shit ton, I developed a boil above my b- crack. Ooh. It was about uh, three inches w- tall, wide, and then two inches out. Ooh. And it was bad. Like, I was starting to limp. I was like, fuck, this is really bad. And when we got to the venue... To hangar, which is just an old airplane hangar, just on the trail, on the bike trail. You just go in, and it's just like, oh, I run shows here. Fucking went in, and I was limping, and the owner, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I have a really big boil, and it really hurts. She's like, can I see it? I'm like, it is above my butt. And before I finished, she went, no, 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 no. Let me see it. And I pulled it down. She's like, oh, God. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, just chill. We'll start the show, whatever. And uh, from walking around, Dave met this lady who came to the show. No, wait, I'm mixing it up. Different. No, but we barked all across the neighborhood. We had like 20 people show up. And these two ladies were sitting up front chugging delirium. Like oh, yes. 16 ounces. They brought in like, because it was BYOB, they brought in the six pack. And by the, the sh- we ended the show and I'm limping standing there. And there, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I have a really big boil and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I'm a nurse. Turn around. And I turned around and I pulled it down and showed her. And she went, um, why aren't you at the hospital? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Okay, well, I'll go uh, tomorrow. And they go, and you also need to sleep in a bed. I was like, oh, yeah, because I talked about sleeping on a floor uh, when I was on stage. And we went up to the owner. And we're like, hey, thanks for having us. And she's like, so do you guys have anywhere to go? And we went, no. And she went, okay, knock the backdrop 
off of the stage, like that was attached to this stage, which was just like two, like a bunch of two by fours. And it was like a big piece of plywood. She knocked it down and there was a mattress huh. behind there. That's so sick. And just pulled it out, threw it down. She went, you sleep here. You sleep on the couch. You are sleeping upstairs with me. And she's like, nothing weird is going to happen. You're just on the other side of the bed. And then the next day went to a hospital in downtown Atlanta. And had your boil drained? Had my boil drained. I had a woman come in. It was, um, she was wearing, she had gold hair, gold eyeliner, and she was wearing gold clogs and gold scrubs. And she, she came in, snapped the gloves. She's like, okay, baby, we're going to take care. And she went, God damn. That's very Atlanta. And ran out because it exploded. And it smelled so bad. Hell yeah. It smelled like a s- just straight sewage. Do you ever watch like pimple popping videos? Always. On yeah, of course. They're the best. Uh, I had to go to the hospital in Atlanta on tour once. Yeah? So I had gotten a pedicure at a mall in El Paso. Oh, that sounds like the worst place to do it. Enter ingrown toenail. Uh, it Ooh. got so bad and so painful and so infected. And I had a day off in Atlanta and I hit up my friend and we were hanging out and I was like, hey, like, you think you can drop me off at the ER? Like, I, it was a Sunday. I was like, I got to get this checked out. Waited forever. This fucking guy, I was sitting there. They're like, yeah, it's going to be a while. I was like, I'll wait a little bit. Like. They're like, yeah, we really don't know how long it'll be, like maybe an hour and a half. Like, yeah. I was like, okay. This guy comes in, cover- or this guy was like sitting across the room from me, covered in blood, like either got death, like 100% either stabbed or shot. And he stumbles over to me and goes, hey, man, let me get a lighter. <laughs> and I was like, uh, and he's like, what? I was like, are, are you good? Like, you sure you want to smoke a cigarette right now? And he's like, motherfucker, let me get a lighter. I was like, <laughs> all right, dude. So I walk outside, let him light a cigarette, grab the lighter back. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. And then I called my Uber. And as and I'm like looking down on my phone, like to deal with all that. And then I look up just to like make sure he's good. And he was just like slumped over like, on the ground. I was like, yeah, no shit. You're pouring <laughs> blood smoking a cigarette. What do you think was going to happen? But, uh, yeah, then that tour ended like two days later and I had like four days off before the next tour started. So I just like hung out in Orlando for four days Oh fuck and yeah. I went to a podiatrist in Orlando. Now, oh, bless you, my sweet boy. Thank you. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, I had a temporary mm. procedure done to get me through the next five weeks and then, I had a toe surgery when I got home. Yikes. Well, I mean, there's got to be a lot of podiatrists down in Orlando yeah. because they're so close to Disney World and all oh, the theme God. parks. It's just easy to get those kids. Oh, God. I mean, just think about all the, like, old right? Karens complaining about their bunions at Disney. <laughs> Wait, I, thought, I don't think you picked up what I was putting down. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah, just confuse podiatrist with pedophile <laughs> just every, all the time. Just like, wait, why did you go see the podiatrist? Because your foot hurt? No, 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 no. That you need to stay away from the Catholic yeah, Church. Like, I don't Ma- like M- Michael Jackson, noted podiatrist. <laughs> noted podiatrist. Yeah, he got a couple honorary doctorates for being a great podiatrist. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, <laughs> I don't know why everybody like canceled that Lost Prophets band because their singer was a podiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> he just, you know, he was just doing the Lord's work. Or you just flip it around. It's like what a pedophile? Yeah, no, no, no. They they take care of your feet. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Not a creep. Pedophile. 
It's right there. <laughs> just all right there. Yeah, like, I don't get what's so hard to understand. Yeah. Like, why yeah. do people mix them up so often? I don't fucking get it. It's so weird. It's so great. Um, but, yeah, I don't... <sighs> this is what life has come to without baseball. We're talking about pedophiles and podiatrists. <laughs> and now they're the same thing. We had, like... 15 minutes of baseball tops because that's literally all there is. There's nothing going on. There's what else are we supposed to talk about? The that Bauer and and Dietrich, Dietrich went at it again. That was amazing. I haven't watched round two yet. It's really as good. soon as we're done here, I'm watching. I'm pulling it up. We're watching round two. So I watched round two yesterday and then I like, uh, I che- and then, ooh, nice. And then I checked uh, the weather. I was like, oh, it's not raining for once. Yeah. I'm going to go hit some balls. Went in my backyard. Mashed as, as one does. Right, right, right. But you I hit guess dangers. I, I left the PlayStation on and I left YouTube on. So I come in to just whatever, like a couple hours later, was playing through the queue of me starting it with the live at bats. And it was the Braves mic'd up in spring training. And it was, uh, it was Chipper Jones on the broadcast in Freddie Freeman's ear. And they were just like talking and catching up. <laughs> and then like Chipper's like, all right, well, Freddie, I'm actually, I'm actually getting out of the booth. Uh, my time has come up, and Freddie's like, "All right, well, all right, man, I'll see you tomorrow." And I was like, "All right, buddy, love you, love you too." And then he just fields a grounder. <laughs> 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 Who was it? Uh, Ozzy Albies and Junior, or was that uh, Acuna and Junior? In I the think booth? it was Acuna. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah. That was so sick, dude. I think that's what could make this season. Like even more unique as if we just mic everybody up Why not? and just continue to do it. Fuck it. I mean, it's already just going to be a long, long, long spring training with playoffs. 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 We're talking about playoffs. playoffs. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. I don't. Dude. Uh, I just happened to open Instagram at the right time earlier, and Richard Jefferson was interviewing Bauer on the Sports Center Instagram. Whoa. And uh, it was a good point. Like, I mean, Bauer said this multiple times. We've said this multiple times, mm-hmm. but it's like. Why is MLB so bad at marketing their players? It's terrible. Just mic them up. Not don't, hard. Don't, don't broadcast it live. But, yeah. like, the next inning, just, like, if somebody said something funny, just play that back real quick. Right. And uh, how about not shutting down Pitching Ninja or shutting down – or let people have more access to clips to put on social media? Oh, speaking of which, this isn't Pitching Ninja and this isn't official MLB clips, but I want to give a shout-out – to my friends at Simple Saber Metrics. It's an awesome YouTube series. Uh, and they just launched their first merch, which is a delightful hat. Oh. So if anybody wants to learn about the super nerdy shit of baseball, Simple, Simple Saber Metrics. Oh. You know what? I'm going to email them and be like, hey, how about you sponsor the pod by just sending us hats? Ooh. Yeah. Oh. I can make, I can, I'll, I can send a connect. Yeah. And hopefully uh, next week we'll have Lee back and then it'll be, it'll be beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just mic everybody up. Let that fucking happen. Let it be uh, easier for people to access stuff, and just let them fucking let let every every player like big players should be doing what Bauer's doing with momentum. Uh huh. There's no doubt in my mind. Like I would love to see what um I she I would love to see what Joey Gallo would put out because he's funny as shit. See, it's cool. It was the players show tournament was cool. Um. I don't know. It was fun in some ways, but also it's just, I, I, I feel, I, I feel for everybody involved just because of how weird it is. But like, I don't know, like the whole like moderator in between the two players while they're playing, like that was kind of weird. Like, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I get it, but at the same, it was, some of it was really awkward and forced. And it's like, I, 
I, I feel for everybody trying to make. I mean, we're literally doing it right now. We're struggling yeah. to create <laughs> content. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's like this. It's really tough, and it's like we all can't, like the athletic has just been running nostalgia back. Yeah, constantly because like, like literally, what else are they going to do? I mean, Cincy shirts was on the athletic. I mean, come on. The Athletic is covering Tortilla Garcia in the t-shirts right now. <laughs> and in the clutch.com. In the clutch.com. Um, I would love to give a shout out to the Corona Hard Seltzer. Not the virus. Look, I gave him shit because I ordered it from GoPuff and I got my 12-pack t- my and it was warm. So I was drinking it over ice and I was like, mm, not so much. Now is actually a time to sit in the fridge, get cold. It's delightful. Yeah. Here's the plus side of Corona seltzer over uh, fucking White Claw. One, there is 90 calories instead of the 110 White Claw. Two, zero grams of carbs, zero grams of sugar. That's awesome. Done. And I'm like, okay, these actually taste pretty good. Like, I'm drinking the Tropical Lime. Solid. Their mango, just finished that. Solid. They have a mixed berry. Solid. So it checks off a lot of boxes. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. You've lost a tremendous amount of weight. We got a scale. Yeah. Stood on it today. The official number, and this is after I ate, but then I kind of balanced it out by taking a pretty okay dump, 27 pounds. That's amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. With that, how bad do you want to just drink a beer? Do you know how badly I just want to chug a High Life in three gulps? That th- are, are you ever, like, when are you going to treat yourself? I will treat myself when I get close to, like, 200. Okay. And I'm going to start, like, working out again. Here's one of the things also I'm going to do, like, so you picked up, you picked up, you got a tee, a net, glove, balls. You're getting after it. I am going to get back into golf. Fuck yes. I used to golf as a, as a lass in middle school and high school. I was really good at one point. And then I broke my ankle, this my right ankle, so it's always a little bit difficult to put weight on it. So I'm going to get some nice high-top golf shoes. I'm going to go get some decent clubs, and I'm just going to get back at it Fuck again. Yeah, Why not? Comedy's not coming back. What else am I going to do? Yeah. Might as well hit the links, get my drive up, work yeah. on those muscles, those core, core muscles. Yeah, dude. I'm into it. Like, okay, so also with a diet. Like, I would love to chug a beer. Uh, I also miss bread. I yeah. miss bread a lot, but, like... I, I will cheat sometimes and have, like, pizza. Yeah. And, you know, I'm b- married to a Dirty Dago Wop, so I have to have pasta, lasagna sometimes, yeah. just, you know, so she can itch that scratch or scratch that itch. So, like, geez, itch that scratch? You want to itch that scratch? Get that scratch. Go back to Kentucky. Yeah. You know what? People that, like, this always, it hasn't been a part of my life in years, but, like, I remember, like, in, like in high school, like, people would use the term itch. Instead of scratch, like, yeah. oh, yeah, like, just going to itch my shoulder real quick. Shut the fuck up. You're going <laughs> to scratch it. the itch. Yes. You're not going it- to. It itches. Yeah, so you scratch it. Exactly. Soda or pop? Both. LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pop is definitely the more correct of the two, being from Cincinnati. Of but I, I, I switch them back and forth. Yeah. I call it soda. I used to have a really bad joke about soda and pop. It's like, it's like, well, I don't like calling it pop. I like to call it soda because soda is something I like to drink, and pop is a type of music I hate. <laughs> and then I just went into a, a rant about pop country, and yeah, yeah. And then, Car- and then Carly Rae Jepsen entered your life. Yeah, she did. She really did. Her Grimes really changed <laughs> things for me. Dude, Too okay. bad Grimes is like the worst now. Okay, hot question for you. Yes. Grimes 
Genesis. Great album. Yes. Art School. Not a good album. Okay, cool. That's it. That's really the yeah. only thing. I'm like, she's fine, you know? It's just like, when she really, like, I don't personally, I don't, I don't think that selling out is really a thing. Like, no. Like like a punk band, like like Green Day doing American Idiot. That's not selling out. No, it's just them doing a different thing. Grimes marrying Elon Musk is selling the fuck oh, out hard. Yeah, you're marrying one of the richest dudes on the planet. Come the fuck on and naming your kid something you accidentally smash into your keyboard when you're drunk. I love that she like had like some like anti-imperialism message in her Twitter bio and then like the second they get married, it's gone. It's- <laughs> God. Um well, the thing with, like, art school is the opposite of Genesis. Like, it wasn't, like, selling out or anything. It was just, like, she had too many too many hands in the in the pot. Like, it was too produced. Exa- yeah. Where it was just, like, a fun, like, okay, she's clearly playing with a 606 and figuring it out by herself. And then now it's just like, oh, she added 22 more instruments. This is not that good. Yeah. <laughs> I read a review the other day. Like, the 1975 have always been a really interesting band to me. Like, I don't... Like, they have some good songs, but, like, this, this, fest. this review was so spot on. It said that, like, the 1975, like, it was just saying everything that, like, you and I say. They're just so far up their own ass and take themselves so seriously. Yeah. And he said it. He, he put this very well. He said, throughout their career, the filler tracks have gotten way better and the singles have gotten way worse. And that's not what's supposed to happen. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, holy shit, you are speaking to me right now. (laughs) And Matt, Matt Healy retweeted it. (laughs) Oh really? (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. That's why I, uh, that's why I fucking love bleachers. Oh yeah. They never take themselves seriously yet. They put out bangers. Well, dude, Jack Antonoff's just like, he, he doesn't, he knows where his bread is buttered. Like he's dropped, he's fucking ripping hits with Taylor Swift and Lord and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. he doesn't like he, he's he's kind of stepping into that Butch Walker role of somebody who was a tremendous music. I mean, was a tremendous like performing musician. Yeah, and then kind of found this sweet spot of writing a very specific kind of music for other people and with other people. And then Bleacher's and, like, Butch's stuff are purely because they want to do it. Right. Like, for the love of the game. The amount of money he makes on Bleacher's, I I bet that he made more on that Taylor Swift record than he has on Bleacher's, his entire career doing Bleacher's. Uh, I would doubt that. They played some pretty big festivals. Oh, dude, Bleacher's is a big fucking But the residuals. Dude, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, he's making stupid money on his writing and production career. That totally but, makes sense. And like, think like between Taylor Swift and fucking Lord, that's two of the biggest pop records of the last five years or so. And it's like, he's purely do like, I listened to bleachers today for the first time in a while. And it's like, he's pure. Like that output is purely artistic. Yeah. And it's really good. Do you think that it was the right move for them to break up fun for him to just do bleachers? I mean, I think there was, it was more into it than that. Like Nate, has always been like he, he's always been kind of a different egg and he wanted to do the solo thing and it didn't and now, work out no and now he's getting the format back together i don't know i mean i think that fun was just i don't know if any of them expected that to happen because like they became like massive right i i was there i think it was like their first show and it was at bonnaroo for some reason like they got booked for that and like 
we just watched something magical happen. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. They were like, we're going to do some covers because we really don't have a full thing going right now. So they did like half covers and it was like fucking amazing. Dude, they're, Fun's a great band. They're fun. Aim at Ignite. Oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but Bleacher's Rules, like, I, like, Bleacher's like Bunbury rules, when the they were there. Rules. I've never listened to the format. Dude. Adding it now. The, you need to listen to the song. I think it's, it's called The First Single. Okay. It's so good. Oh, I was listening to the local natives today. God, I love them so much. Okay. I really like the band, and I'm sure this guy I'm about to talk shit on is a lovely dude. At Coachella a couple years ago, local natives played on the same stage as Tudor right before Tudor's set. So I was just hanging out up there, getting ready for changeover. Local natives monitor guy, Doc Martens, dress pants, button-down shirt, suspenders, slick back hair. He looked like Ugh. he looked like he was going to a wedding, doing <laughs> fucking monitors in the fucking desert at Coachella. Dude, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Like... All of us on Two Doors crew, we're all just wearing shorts and t-shirts because we're normal fucking people. Yeah. And like, God, dude, like, why? Why are you dressed like that? First of all, why are you wearing that period to work a gig? Right. Those shoes sound uncomfortable. Second of all, like, why, why are you, why are you the way you are? Right. That was also a terrific day because that was the first time that Nick Dyka and I hung out in real life. Oh, was that Coachella? Yeah. Well, they, they played Coachella? Yeah, they played Coachella, and I brought a couple of the two-door guys over, and we watched, and then I just went on their bus, and we watched Blue Jays baseball. <laughs> Fuck yes. And then we, I took a bag of tortilla chips and emptied half of it out and then put, like, ten beers into the bag and then put the tortilla chips back on top, and then we took this giant vessel of snacks and beer out into the crowd to watch Lady Gaga together. It was very that's it was tight. a great time. Well, yeah, because you can't have beer at Coachella. Well, no, it's just like some, you have to drink in the certain area. Well, venue security is always like they never really know what to do when somebody when an like somebody with an artist pass like is bringing liquor back and forth. Yeah, so it's just easier just to avoid that situation. That makes sense. So, like overall, like I've never done Coachella. Always wanted to. Because I've done I've done Bonnaroo three times, and then if it's not canceled in September, it'll be my or my fourth. Like, what's the the big difference between the two? Coach- Besides the ve- just overall venue. So Coachella is definitely like just it's nice, it's pristine, it's nice. Uh, it's just like Bonnaroo is way more accessible in the sense that like. People from all over can just, like, either drive there or, like, fly into Nashville and go out there. Coachella is in the middle of the fucking Palm Desert, out, like, two hours out of L.A. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get to. It's a Palm Springs, by default, is bougie as hell. So it's just, like, bougier. And, God, it's just, like... Just from, like, a behind-the-scenes perspective, Coachella is so sick. Like, the catering is unreal. Mm. Uh, the dressing rooms are all super nice. Like, it's just nice. Okay. I mean, that's probably why they have a better lineup Well, than Bonnaroo. But also, it's so interesting, the two weekends aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's so weird. Like, so what... Okay, so it's the same bands, mostly, for those two weekends. So where do they... What do they do for the rest of the week? That's the interesting thing. So, uh... 
because of the radius clauses, it's pretty tough. Like, a lot of times, bands that aren't on tour will just, like, kick it in L.A. for a while. Yeah. But, like, with Tudor, for example, we had to go to Tulsa straight from Coachella. It's, like, there's some pretty gnarly radius clauses there. So, it's, like, it's pretty tough to, like tour around it like it's it's like a it's like a 400 mile kind of situation i don't know the exact deal but like it's pretty gnarly wow because that's like the same with bonnaroo i mean theirs is crazy and people are i mean um i saw that that the um that coachella is being sued about their radius like that lawsuit got picked back up like it got surprised me yeah so i mean hopefully that happens also do you think with this this could be the final death of Ticketmaster and Live Nation? Do you think no, that this, it's not big. enough? Ah, they're too big to fail? I think that, I think that there's definite issues on both sides, but I think that it's something that can be worked out. I think that it's something that they're too big to fail, but they're also too big to keep acting the way they have been like, okay. So as far as Ticketmaster goes, yeah, there's a lot of shitty stuff that goes on there, but as far as live nation goes, there's been a lot of outrage about people not being able to get refunds because shows are postponed and not canceled. Yes. And that does suck. Absolutely. But at the same time, I completely understand it because the linguistics are so important there because Mm -hmm. you have these venues and bands and like Every single person in the music industry, not one person isn't hurting horribly right now. Of course. And even it makes sense on that level to postpone the shows so you can at least like hold the bag and have some kind of like something reserved right. there. I get it from like an ethical standpoint. Like, yeah, the fans are hurting too. They could use that money back, but like, I don't know. It's a, it, same thing with baseball. It's a lose-lose. There's sure. no perfect solution. No. So, uh, yeah. I mean, also, I could see some more people turning towards, like, what Cincy Ticket does, more of a local alternative. I mean, you see how many venues use them. Dude, Cincy and it's, Ticket rules. It's the best. Jamie is the man, dude. I when, I when I was in high school and I was, like, booking shows, uh, he would always help me out. He would always, like make sure I got my tickets whenever I needed them. And like, I would just, he would just leave them at his house and I would pick Mm -hmm. them up. And like, there were even times where like, I would be on, when I got out of high school and was started touring, he would like run shows for me. And like, if I took a loss, he would cover it and like, be just like totally chill. Like, wow. Pay me back whenever, like get me just please. Like he's like, I know you'll stay on top of it. Get me what you can, when you can, we'll figure it out. That rules. He is such a good dude. That so Jamie Mandel is, the definitely like, he is one of the nicest, best, hardest working people ever. Like he has his hands in so many different honey pots, and he has he is a career musician in so many. Like he was in a pop punk band called the Scrubs. Okay, that was his start, and uh, they tour like they took Midtown on their first tours, and this was fucking hilarious. Like I was when I was out with the Academy, is they were super tight with Cobra Starship, and Gabe Saporta from Midtown obviously goes on to form Cobra Starship. Yeah, so. Gabe came out to our LA show and I texted Jamie. I was like, Hey, uh, I, you want me to pass a message to Gabe? He goes, honestly, just tell him Jamie from the scrub says, Hey, and let me know what his reaction is. And I just went up to him. I was like, Hey man, uh, Jamie from the scrub says, Hey, and he just like stares at me 
and then just breaks out in the biggest smile. He's like, holy shit. Oh. And d- dude, like, uh, Jamie's told me so many fucking stories. He booked Alkaline Trio at a coffee shop, and Matt Skiba helped him move the tables away, and he paid them 150 bucks. He Whoa. booked Dashboard Confessional for, like, 75 bucks. What? He, and then, so right now, he has a band called Kevin and the Octaves, mm-hmm. which he'll do, like, holiday shows and, like, release, like, holiday albums with, which is awesome by itself. That's fun. But it's, he also, with that band, writes songs for movies and TV shows and, like, gets put into those. He has Cincy Ticket. He has the Madison Theater Band Challenge. He is all over. Like, he is, like, such a just, like, awesome, awesome person. And just, like, anybody listening to this that, like, has any interest in getting into music in any way, shape, or form, like buy him a Skyline. He loves Skyline. He can be paid <laughs> off. He can be bribed with Skyline. Uh, take him to Skyline and pick his brain. Dude, that's like 85% of people can be yeah. bribed with Skyline. Yeah. I was just going to say overall, like the best is Honestly, just like... Honestly, if you can't be bribed with Skyline, I don't want to do business with you. Exactly. We can't be friends. <laughs> no, we're not, yeah. <laughs> Uh, like I was going to say, just the best part of wa- the, of, of like the Woodward is like you walk into motor and you can buy your tickets ahead of time and they just print them on the yeah. machine back there. And then you just have them like one of the, like the few th- places that still does physical tickets. I don't know. It's just like, it's just fucking awesome. And it's just to support, a, like, I didn't know his whole backstory, like to support a cool dude and like just support someone local instead of just looking at your ticket, like, ugh, I got to pay $40 in service charges uh-huh. for Ticketmaster. Fuck you. Well, and then the other thing where they do like their platinum seating where it's like they hold off tickets like yeah and then spike the price it's like come on man it's fuck you i don't need these tears well it's like for somebody that works in like as when i tour manage occasionally like i'm fully like i know exactly how these deals work i know exactly what the expenses are and everything and yeah being able to like charge premium prices will make mm-hmm. a massive difference for bands and the venues. Sure. But it's just not fair. It's not accessible. And like that's a conversation that I was that I've been having with some people that I tour with. It's like, what will touring look like? Because I mean it, it applies to comedy too. Like think about it yeah. this way. Like for the big acts, like let's just use Two Door Cinema Club for example. Right. This is not a conversation that I've had. This is not right, an right, official right. thing. I'm just using them as an example. So Two Door have made a reputation as an incredible live band because they have amazing production. Everything is huge and awesome. They play big venues with giant... They have giant video walls, and it's an incredible show. Okay, let's say... Let's use the Shrine in L.A., for example. It's a 5,000 cap theater that mm-hmm. Tudor usually does over there. What do you... How do you scale a 5,000 cap into social distancing? Let's just say we cut it in half. Right. 2,500 people. And that At might that even po- be too high. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> At that point... When you have that 2,500 people, option A is you charge a normal price for tickets. Right. At that point, can you put on the show that you a show that you're comfortable charging money for and that you're comfortable putting your name so, associating yourself with that show? Is sure. that the caliber of show that you want to put on? No. Two, do you charge more to cover that gap? And if you do, that is taking that is fucking over the everyman fan who has made it who has supported you your of entire course. career and like with a band like thrice it's even more it's like they're not playing five thousand cap rooms except in la let's just say they're playing a 1500 cap room right and it's scaled down to 500 right they're they playing all the taft have, <laughs> they all have wives and kids and everything when they're on tour i mean they make a living by being in thrice right but like 
their wives still work and stuff. Like, it's not like they're just, like, throwing money around. Mm-hmm. They, they make a normal human's living. Right, right. So with that, if they're going on tour just because they can, but they're touring for, quote-unquote, pennies on the dollar because they're not able to bring in as much because they're not able to sell as many tickets, obviously. Right. You've got to pay for child care, et cetera, because they're everything. Right. Does it make sense to tour at that point when you're having additional living expenses and putting all that stress on their families when they could stay home and be stay-at-home dads? Right. You know, it's like, it's a, it's, there's, it's like I've said 18 million times. Right. There's no right answer. No, but then on the other side of the coin, so then which means if someone generates content and puts it out, then these streaming services need to pay the people more that are generating this content because they're not making as much from touring. But how do and you knowing- monetize this content? Well, okay, so like if I, let's say I put out an album on Spotify, sure. yeah. ch- Drinking at the Kids Table. Hypothetically. Can, hypothetically, you can listen to it. Um, so that goes out. I've got, uh, what, 1,800 streams so far, which I think I make like three bucks. I'd be surprised if you made that much. Yeah, me too. I'd be shocked. Um, so then shouldn't... Uh, here's an idea. Plug that iPad in, just leave it. Leave it rolling just all the time? That's Dude, a good I have, move. I have a lot of friends that like will just like mute whatever, like their computer or whatever, just leave their... Let it roll? <laughs> Dude, that's what I did for my buddy uh, Ryan Singer when his album, his second album dropped. I just played it when I went to bed and just like kept my phone on and charging and muting yeah. and just let it fucking roll. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just like... Maybe if you know that these people are generating more content, whatever, they have the ability because they're going to be stuck at home putting out more stuff, more albums, and putting out singles after singles. Like, I don't know, maybe there should be more of a premium there to help make up for it. But then at the same time, those streaming services have a cap on what they're making because of what they're charging their monthly users. So they're not, there's no real incentive for them to pay the artist more. Well, and also, like, at this point, I think it's fair that we have to start almost looking at music like we look at like Netflix and Hulu. Mm-hmm. And there's already fatigue with that. Like, there's so many fucking apps that you have to like. Let's say you completely cut the cord. Yeah. And there's so many. Which I have. There's so many subscription services that you need to have for like for you and me: Netflix, Hulu, uh, Spotify, uh, MLB TV, NHL TV, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You have to pay for all that. With music, let's just say that every band starts a Patreon. Right. And you subscribe to the bands you like. That's a lot of bands. Like, the, most, like nobody's, like, I mean. No one's paying five bucks a month. No one's going to pay five bucks a month for every band they listen to. Right. But, like, Spotify can't, like, okay, here's the other thing. There's a bit, there's always, every time that something happens with Spotify, there's a big debate about Spotify not paying artists enough, which I completely agree with. Yeah. That being said, I think it is long past the point. You cannot expect people to pay for a digital file, a digital audio file, period. Right. Napster ruined that. Yeah. And yep, it's yep. It, like it, it changed the game. I think that it, right now, why this is tough. What I always say to people in these discussions is, your album, your music is the best promotional material you will ever have. You of course. use albums 
to promote the tours uh, yeah. and promote the merchandise. You make money on tour through tickets and through merchandise. Yep. So the album promotes that. The album got, gets people to buy tickets and buy shirts. Right. It's the same with comedy. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> exactly. Which is so, like, I put it out just because I was like, whatever, we're going to put it out because it'll get people's attention. There's not a whole lot going for- Right. I've been sitting on it for a while. You all right there? Yeah, I just, like, have, like, a burp crawling from deep within. Oh, Jesus. That's the worst. Uh, that's like, how- it's one where, like, if I force it out, I'll puke. But, yeah. like, it's, like, one that's, like, slowly inching its way up. Oh, dude, I do the same thing. Yeah. But, like, I have the same reaction like you do, but, well, like, I have to fart. <laughs> it's just inching up my throat, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to poop myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, so I just, I'd been sitting on it, and it worked. Like, you know, got the paper and, like, have gotten some really good reactions for people, gotten some solid numbers for a guy with no label and just fucking put it out. Um, but, like, I would have used this as leverage to get booked. But you can't. But I can't. That's just not happening, period. Yeah. It's So it's just, like, I just feel for... You know, the bigger people, the bigger guys like that who have it, but... Well, and, like, the other problem is it's, like, if you're going to do, like, live streaming content, mm-hmm. you to monetize it, it, by default, it has to be less accessible. Mm-hmm. But you want it to be accessible, but you can't monet Like, the most accessible way to do a live stream is, like, an Instagram or a Twitter or Facebook right. Live, something of that sort can't really monetize that unless you like go out of your way like on your own to like get sponsors and stuff which is tough because like yeah like everyone's making shit yeah everyone's making shit and everyone's hurting right now right so it's like what do you do do you do like a zoom call where people like venmo you like 10 bucks a pop and like that's what comics have been doing just to get in the audience but like that's just like that's tough to execute for like most people you know yeah you're absolutely right. No, and it's, yeah, and I mean, it's also asking people to pay for something in these tough times when literally everything's available at their fingertips. Uh-huh. It's just impossible. I don't know. I don't think there's any good answer to anything along the entertainment industry. What I do think is bullshit, though, is the fact that, you know, like, dear friends of the pod, Bell and the Bear, had the perfect setup, which was they have an outdoor patio. And then they also have what way above like a giant porch hanging off the side of the Go Bananas building off a of marketplace, which is at least 30 feet away from everybody else. Why couldn't they just put a band or a DJ up there? I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to me. And the health department is just like, nope, shut it down. So I don't know. It's just... It's just... I don't know. There should be exceptions for entertainment and bars and Rest in right now. It's just tough, man. It's like everybody's fucked, but it's like, I mean, at the same time, it's like, I mean, I, I want the, the the more the more people that can stabilize at this point, the better. But at the same time, it's like, fuck, man. I I don't know. Like my first, my first, my like my visceral reaction like my off-the-cuff reaction to that was like fuck i don't even know how to explain this without sounding like a dick and i don't mean it to sound like a dick sure but like fuck man like why should john doe who is playing music for fun and i'm not trying to demean that no 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 no, 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 i get it like why should john doe who is playing music 
for fun on the side and making a couple extra bucks on the weekend, why should he be able to do that when people that literally have only their only income has come from music for decades? Like, why are they the one? Like, why don't they get to do that? No like, shit. And obviously, I know why, but like, it's just a bummer to think about. You know, I know. Like, but I think that the positive, like we talked about this before, like I think the one positive, like as far as entertainment goes, here is that as you're saying, like small local entertainment is absolutely going to come back before like big large scale tours. Right. I think there's going to be a local resurgence in like Cincinnati. Lord knows we're prepared for it. Yeah, there we are, are. So many comics and so many underground bands and so much yeah. stuff happening. And like, fuck man, like even fucking UC grad who's now working at fucking P and G and lives in Lytle place or whatever, like <laughs> consummate bro. Like he's going to go see some weird ass band. Cause there's nothing like, cause There'll be well, nothing else. Yeah, like, that's the entertainment. Yeah, I mean, I think that once, you know... I want to com- see a flock of salmon shorts at a Go-Go Buffalo show. Oh, fuck, that would rule. I want to see what would... Ha- I would love to see what would happen there, and I pray that that day comes. It's in. inevitable. Also, it's nice that salmon shorts have fallen out of popularity. <laughs> that's so good. God, but this- Last summer, it was so nice to look around and not see one fucking piece of shit in a pair of salmon shorts. I want shorts. a salmon shirt. Ooh, we used to we had one like uh, a like a but like an untuck it salmon shirt. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I had a couple salmon shirts in high school because I was real cool. Oh, of course. And then I bought a Lacoste bright pink motherfucker. Went all in. Ooh. I went all the way in, and everyone's like, "You're wearing pink. You're gay." I'm like, "No, it matches my eyes. I look fucking good. Get off my dick." Hell yeah. You're gay because you're on my dick. <laughs> yeah, you're sucking my cock, you, idiot. You are the cocksucker. <laughs> you are fellatioing me. I have a cock, <laughs> and you have a cock, and your mouth reaches all the way to my cock. Oh, um, No but, country for old homoerotic men. <laughs> with, starring Ray Romano. Starring Ray Romano and Daniel Gay-Lewis. <laughs> and on that note, let's round third and head for home. Oh, God. Uh, you have something to plug. Yeah. Uh, if you liked what you heard and you think that I'm representing myself well, vote for Charles Booker if you live in Kentucky. <laughs> Do you hear that, Mike Webster? Vote for Charles Booker. Oh, God. No, but really, uh, you could, my name's Danny Samet. You can find me on social media at Sanny Dammit. I just switched the D and the S. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> we'll be doing some baseball stuff soon. Hopefully, we'll be doing some music stuff soon. But until then, I'm going to be spreading the word about Charles Booker taking down Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. So uh, if you are a Kentucky resident and uh, you do not know who Charles Booker is, or you'd like some more information, hit me up on Twitter at Sandy Dammit, and I'll set you straight. Mitch McConnell sucks. Yeah. Charles Booker rules. Yeah. Booker for Kentucky. Book, book it. Yep. Ooh. Ooh, you know what? You should, guys should have a book it club, like, with the, like what they did with Pizza Hut. Ooh. Book it for Booker. Ooh. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. I'm stealing that for when they let me do merch. There you go. Um, me, listen to my debut stand-up comedy album, Drinking at the Kids' Table, available on Apple Music, iTunes, which iTunes, we were number one in the world, baby, Ooh, in yes. comedy with that debut. Debut to number one. So listen to the hit comedy album, Drinking at the Kids' Table. Wow, that's actually not sarcastic. Yeah, you, know, you like was, our sensation. It was a hot sensation for a hot second. Um, I haven't checked it at all this week. I wonder where I'm at on the charts. Hopefully I'm still in top ten. Probably not. But I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thanks, Natalie. She's not listening. Um, hold on. Hold 
Oh, stall. I'll stall. But um, yeah, listen to it on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Napster, TikTok. You can TikTok my bits. How fun is that? Um, also, uh, the Hub Show that was supposed to be on Monday got moved to possibly next Monday. We're waiting to see what happens with entertainment, considering this is a small private booked event where it's ticketed. So there's an opportunity for you to see live comedy in an intimate setting that is also social distanced. So we moved it just to be safe. We didn't want to get anybody in trouble. We didn't want to get the Hub in trouble because they're running things straight. So did you just try and call her? I did. No answer. No answer. Great publicist. Eleven thirty at night, not answering the phone. Fuck. Yeah, killer publicist. I don't even have her number. (laughs) Great. Um, Also, I don't know if she saw this, but she got me in uh, San Diego, uh, San Diego Jewish World. Oh, love that! Isn't that tight? The write up was great. They they called my album Blue and Crass, but he still loved it. Ooh, there you go. Solid review. Solid review. And. Um, yeah, so those are the two things I have. Uh, I'm just going to throw this one on there. If there's a musician or a comic or an author or anyone that you like, now is the time to show them. Merch stores are the best way. Buy merch, buy albums. Do it all. Subscribe to Patreons. If there's a restaurant you like, order takeout. We're going to get through this one way or another. It's going to suck. It has sucked. But, uh... Everybody just be good. I mean, and this, you know what? This is another thing. I'm not ad. All the people that were at like Rosedale the other day, like mobbing the patio, they can all fuck off. But like, yeah. I think it's important. Like, I've seen like, like, it's important that we are all gentle with each other right now. Like, mm-hmm. I, every single person's handling this differently. And I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to on a case by case basis, risk versus reward. Like, yeah. And look, like, technically, I should not be over here right now, but the reality is I need my friends. Yeah, same. You need your friends. Uh, the risk of me getting sick coming here is worth the reward of the camaraderie to me. Oh. And I'm not saying, like, we should go get all of our friends together no. and sit around. Be but responsible. Like, be responsible. A couple of people now and then. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing. Yeah, just be safe. Oh, also on the Rosedale thing. So before we get out of here, did you? Okay, so you know that photo was cropped, right? Oh yeah, I, I we walked by it. Right. So it was like packed. It was packed at the bar, but then everything else was spaced out behind it. Was it dumb of those thirty people to just crowd the bar? Uh, I don't know, man. That patio was pretty full. It was. Pretty I wouldn't full. call it spaced out. Yeah. So also, uh, I read an article today about. Uh, basically the way, like the way you contract COVID is a quote unquote dose of quote unquote droplets. Right. So people emit droplets by breathing, sneezing, coughing, etc. If somebody sneezes at a bar, it is like that content will travel all the way across the bar. Yep. So that's the issue. It's like, if it's, Two of us sitting here right now, it's different than a hundred people. Yeah, spa- even a hundred people spaced out six feet apart. Mm-hmm. The you will you will get there. Whatever's happening will get to you eventually. Yep. So that's the thing. It's like I don't know. 
we're all just do. Everyone's just doing their own version of their best. Some is less than others, but yeah, everyone be good. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay smart. Um, So yeah. And as always go red legs. Yeehaw. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 